0: Slow Burn Media and Bill Huffman present this week's episode of Who Killed? Featuring special guest Kelsey German, sister of Liberty German from Delphi, Indiana. This morning, our top story this morning happening right now in Carroll County. The sheriff's office and community members continue to look for two missing girls last seen near the Monon High Bridge Trail in Delphi. News 18's Alexis Milberger reports how many have spent hours searching, and they say they will not stop looking until the girls are found.
1: We're just praying for their
0: safety zones. 13-year-olds Liberty German and Abigail Williams went missing Monday. The girls were last seen near an abandoned railroad bridge known as the Monon High Bridge around 1 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: We're upset, confused, feeling very distraught, worried. Have a real good safe. Missing, abducted. We don't know for sure. Uh, cell phone has been pinging around town here. There's a cell phone tower, but the ping was last noticed about five or six hours ago. They say the phone's now dead. Ravines, ditches, trash cans for phones. Any any sign of, of the girls and anything we can find to find it.
0: Honestly, I hope they're just hidden up somewhere, scared to be in trouble.
1: An update now on our top story, those two missing girls in Carroll County Sheriff's Office and members of the Delphi area community continue searching for those missing girls in the Delphi area, saying now they won't stop until those 13-year-olds are found. It's been nearly 24 hours, of course, since they were reported missing. 13-year-olds, Liberty German, Abigail Williams, last seen around 1 o'clock Monday afternoon near the Monon High Bridge, that abandoned rail bridge just outside of Delphi. This is breaking news from Channel 13 Eyewitness. We have have nobody in in custody at this time. Uh, So as far as I'm concerned, yes, there is somebody out there that did this horrendous crime, and uh, we're going to track them down.
0: S.A. police talking about the fear and concern in a small town community after they announced that two missing girls were, in fact, victims of murder.
1: Investigators solemnly identified the two bodies found in Carroll County as 13 year olds, Libby German and Abby Williams. Now, we still don't know what happened to them after they disappeared during an afternoon hiking trip. I think they were in pretty much belief that it was their, their children. Um, but when you hear from an official, it, it's. It's still a little just. Still, it hits home twice. One of the hundreds of volunteer searchers found the bodies of Libby German and Abby Williams in a wooded area near Deer Creek. It is an area accessible only by foot or on horse. We are using resources from uh, all the way from Lowell, Fort Wayne, and uh, the southern state or the southern part of the state's uh, police state troopers. We will stay on the job until it is done. As far as I'm concerned, yes, there is somebody out there that did this horrendous crime, and uh, we're gonna track them down.
0: Jeff and Kayla two bodies were discovered around 1215 this afternoon just east of Delphi not too far from where I'm standing actually near Deer Creek now although although their identities are unknown they were found less than a mile upstream from the Monon High Bridge where 13 year olds Liberty German and Abigail Williams were last seen yesterday the FBI Indiana State Police the Carroll County Sheriff's Office and Delphi Police are all working the investigation
1: As police continue a very methodical investigation here, going down every road in the search for clues, some folks who live near the crime scene, they fear that their road will never be the same. Again, they have not said he's a suspect or a person of interest. Instead, investigators believe that he is the only person they haven't identified who was in the area at that time.
0: It was unbelievable. It is Delphi, after all. It's family. That way I've always put it, it's everyone knows each other, so I could not believe what was happening. It was very shocking.
1: We're all sort of hurting a little bit. If we could share that, maybe it might be easier. I think our day was uh, disbelief um, and, and kind of questions. You know, why? Why does this have, have to happen uh, to our students in Delphi? Why does this happen in our community? This gentleman has not been identified, and we want to know what he saw, what he might have seen on the trail, that uh, he see somebody else that maybe some of the others didn't see? The sheriff's department says the trail photos of a man released Wednesday have brought in about 200 tips, and they're checking
0: every one of them, they say. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media production. I am again joined this week by Kelsey German, for part three of our conversation about the Delphi murders that involved her little sister Liberty and her friend Abigail Williams. Now, this case occurred in February 2017 and was a huge national story and still is today because the case remains unsolved. And there is also a huge reward of up to $250,000. Join me this week as I speak with Kelsey and we wrap up our conversation about the case but i will tell you there is a bonus coming next friday when nick from true crime garage joins me and kelsey to discuss the latest on the delphi case so join me this week for part three of who killed libby german and abigail williams with special guest sister kelsey german Thank you again, Kelsey, for joining me this week. I know this is a really rough week for you. How are you doing?
2: Uh, Thanks for having me again. I'm doing okay. I'm keeping super busy. um, Lots and lots and lots of interviews and hanging out with family and friends. I'm doing just so much stuff. I'm exhausted at the end of the day just so I can get through it and not be a big emotional mess all week.
0: Yeah, so the anniversary (laughs) is what? Thursday, the thirteenth.
2: Yes, it'll the anniversary will be on Thursday,
0: and that will be th- three years.
2: Yeah, and Friday, I guess, both days.
0: Yeah, because Thursday was when they went missing.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. they found them on Friday. Well, not really Friday.
0: Yeah, but on the fourteenth. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that. Kind of always taints that day.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Valentine's Day is not a thing I celebrate anymore. No,
0: um, or should you?
2: Yeah, it, I think it would look really bad if I went out and like had a lot of fun on the fourteenth. Um, like, not that
0: I no, really no. want to, but in a few years, you, in a few years, you may be able to. People will probably be like, "We need to take you out and have some fun."
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe next year we'll go. I'll be I'll be twenty one then. There you we'll go. Have, we'll have some fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, crime con next year can be a lot of fun then
2: yeah exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So me yeah. and Sarah can actually go get the drinks she keeps offering me
0: <laughs> oh, like okay. well we we'll cut it out if if you've never taken part in having those drinks there, but you know
2: absolutely not.
0: I never oh. do that okay, well, good, good girl <laughs> <laughs> and uh so basically a lot of interviews uh I guess you're being you said you're keeping busy, and any interviews like. You don't have to tell me who you've been interviewing with but you know a lot of long days and you know just how are you dealing with all that?
2: I try to schedule them in the mornings um so that I can have more of my day and kind of like I can unwind after and stay busy after so I don't have to think about everything I had to talk about before. I just spend a lot of time in my bedroom drinking hot tea and watching Netflix a lot of it after I do interviews because it's just so emotionally draining that I'm exhausted after
0: Um, what's your go-to on Netflix
2: um, criminal minds I don't I don't think it's on there anymore actually but that's what I was binging Um, or anything true crime really I watch so much true crime it's crazy like I think Um, I started hanging out with some of my friends at school a little more this week, and their Netflix are now all true crime shows, because that's all I watch. So, yeah, they're like, what do you want to watch, Kelsey? I'm like, oh, let's watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary, or docuseries. And so, like, that's what we've been doing. We've been watching true crime and having a lot of fun.
0: Did you watch uh, Confessions of a Killer?
2: I did, and I just finished the Ted Bundy um, docu series with his girlfriend Liz. On, is it the
0: Amazon one?
2: Yeah, on Amazon okay. Prime. Yeah, How is that? So I,
0: okay, I, I was just I just noticed that it was on. Did it just come out?
2: It came out. I want to say last week,
0: maybe, okay. or okay. the week
2: before. Super so, good.
0: Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Bundy is one of those how do you now for the listener? I mean, they're going to be like, well, how do you listen? How do you watch that stuff and still enjoy it? But I mean, yeah. How do you watch that stuff and still enjoy it?
2: I think it's learning about these people that do such awful things. And it's not like, I don't really enjoy the things they're doing. It's the fact that I'm learning from them and I'm trying to better understand why they do what they do. And I, I guess listening to Liz and her daughter talk was just such an inspiring thing for me. Like listening to other advocates talk about what they've been through or survivors going through something is just super inspiring to me and it helps me to continue to advocate. So I watched all of these, not really for the crime that was committed, but rather for the advocates that are out there and supporting them on their journey too. Um, so I I just watch so much, even, like, if it's not really a case I'm interested in, just because there's some really awesome people out there sharing their story and putting their heart into something like a docu-series like that, or even if it's just a podcast or a, a news article. Like, these people are putting so much emotion into this, and they deserve all the support, and just watching them inspires me to keep going, and so that's how I enjoy them, I guess.
0: I think you actually just gave a very, very insightful perspective on why a lot of women love watching true crime and then that love, but like you basically just defined it as far as you like to learn about what it is that causes these people to do what they do. And does it give you a little bit of like security to know that maybe if I know what this to look for, that I'll be able to pick them out?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think when I like I'm watching like how these people are caught and the things that they do and knowing like Ted Bundy was just a normal guy to most people, like and that's probably what our guy is. And the BTK killer, he was literally just a dad and a husband to his daughter. And so like he could be anyone and I watch these and I think what if it's like my best friend's dad? What if it's like I don't know it could be it could be anyone and we just aren't paying close enough attention or maybe we just aren't educated enough to know exactly what to look for and so watching them helps me to better understand what I'm supposed to be looking for and what I should look for in order to help find this guy.
0: Well that's about as insightful as it gets. So well, very well put. I,
2: <laughs> I, don't,
0: I was going to ask you a follow-up question to that, but you pretty much answered everything that I was thinking about because that was really where I was going to go is you kind of pick up tools while you're watching that in order to find the person that you're looking for still. Because like you said, that guy could be your neighbor, or your soccer coach or your, your I always throw soccer coaches in, under the bus. I don't know why I do that. I'm sorry about that, uh, any soccer coach. I'm sorry. I don't know how many serial killers or soccer coaches or killers like that. But, um, but yeah, it, it really does. I mean, without having any any real direction on who the suspect is in your sister's case and Abby's case, it just it is you're you're just kind of left to speculate, and that doesn't really that can't be very healthy.
2: Yeah, definitely not. So I try not to. Um, I can can think of everything that I think could have happened or what really did happen out there. Just like the truth is, I have no idea what happened out there. I just get to imagine what I think happened based on the little bit that I do know. And if I think about that the entire time, I'm not going to be able to continue to advocate because I won't be able to function as a human and continue to be the strong, resilient person that I am outwardly and publicly. So I would, I would rather think of Libby the way I saw her in that last moment when I dropped her off rather than what she looked like in her casket that day or what she looked like in the woods on the ground. However, she was laying there. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. uh, Definitely don't want to have those images as your images of what you imagine Mm -hmm. um yeah I think what's amazing is you're basically saying that you have taken your I guess your emotional feelings out of it and put them in the back pocket until I guess that you're you find the guy and then you can start to heal or or are you still healing in the process
2: I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I was actually talking about this with my study abroad professor, um, who's actually a forensics professor, and she didn't know who I was until they asked an interesting fact, and I said something, and she was like, oh, well, how'd you meet him? And I said, well, and then we, we kind of had a little conversation about it, and she said, wow, I, I don't think that I've met anyone with that kind of mindset. And I just think that like, that's kind of how I have to be, you know? And so if I were to let those feelings out now, I would not be doing the work that I'm doing. And so I guess my goal is that I'm healing by meeting all of these really awesome people and helping them with their stories and helping them get their stories out there. But I'm also not so emotional that I cannot work on my sister's case because that is my main priority is helping get this solved and keeping the word out there. So the law enforcement has the tips coming in that they need.
0: How do you do this and then go to school? (laughs) uh, I mean, this is, you you sound, it sounds like you're wearing a lot of different hats at the moment.
2: I I sure am. Um, I have, I have very many, very many hats. And that is just something that I've kind of become used to. I think, I'm able to now manage my time so much better than I used to be able to. So like now I have interviews, school, work, sometimes interviews in between that. And like, I've just learned that like if I, if I need free time, you can cancel an interview or you can skip a class in college and be okay. Unless like you have a quiz or a test or something, you'll be fine. And so I guess you just kind of have to know how much you can handle And you have to know exactly how to manage your time. Also, I have a lot of planners. I have like three, one for work, one for school, one for interviews. And so that that helps a lot.
0: So yeah, you're you're constantly being, I guess, uh, I don't want to give the media a bad rap, but being hounded by the media for interviews. I would assume that if you have a binder for having to keep them all in line, I guess that's kind of what, how many a week do you do these days?
2: Uh, well, a lot more this week than other weeks, but normally I do at least one or two a week. Um, yeah, and sometimes sometimes more than that. It just kind of depends um, if something big happens in the case or somebody brings something up and it kind of sparks some controversy in the case as it did in the past week.
0: I was going to ask you about that, but I didn't, wanna, <laughs> didn't, wanna, didn't quite know how to go about it. <laughs>
2: Well, when that happens, we tend to get more interviews just because it is being brought up in the media. So like that kind of thing is kind of important, but not really justified. And uh, yeah, so that usually brings on more interviews. And so that that helps with the case a lot. Yeah. So just a lot of lot of interviews every week, usually.
0: Now, how do I ask this without sounding like a jerk? ha. <laughs> So you, you you were raised by your grandparents, correct?
2: Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. What is your relationship with your mom?
2: I have very little relationship with her. So I'm closer with my dad. He's always kind of been there. And he's worked on himself a lot. My mom um, is just more of a friend, I guess. Like, I love her parents I love all of her family but she just has never been there for me as a mother and she continues to do things that I don't necessarily agree with so I love my sisters all three of them and I'm really thankful she gave them to me but we are just not two people that click together.
0: So in the last week she was in the headlines can you address that at all?
2: Yeah Everybody is allowed to have their own opinion. I totally, I 100% agree with that. I just, the things that she said in her interviews were not great for the case, I guess. I, for one, and all of my family really love our law enforcement and investigators. They are doing such an amazing job. Like they're all amazing and they keep in contact with us and they they want us to know that they're never stopping. But when you come out and a family member states that the crime scene was botched and contaminated and our law enforcement is not doing their job fully, that that hurts them. And that it doesn't necessarily make them want to stop because they know that it's just one person in our family. But it it definitely puts a toll on them. And I I would never want them to think that we don't love them and we don't really appreciate what they're doing. And also it could create a Defense for the defendant when we catch him. When that defense attorney gets up there and says, even a family member says that the crime scene was contaminated, what are you going to do? Like, you're right. That's Libby's mom. She said that. Um, So I don't necessarily agree with what she said, but we all are, you know, able to have our own opinions and speak what we'd like to speak.
0: Well said. (laughs) And that's a touchy subject, I can tell. So (laughs) I will, uh, yeah. So I mean basically in your in the world of the investigation your grandfather is the spokesperson you're the media darling <laughs> <laughs> and that's who the people should be talking to
2: I would say or Anna or my grandma there's a lot of people you can talk to I I don't even mind that people talk to my mom I think Talking to all anyone that's able to share the case is really good for the case. Um, being able to share the story no matter who you are is very important. It's just the things that we are saying should be looked at and some of the people that are saying certain things should be taken with a grain of salt and looked into. like if you think that that is true or you think it is not true, that's fine. But sharing something about, like that, that kind of extent of, I don't, I don't even know what to call what she said really, but sharing something like that because you know it's going to get attention for something. Like they, I think, I I love Barbara and I love the new podcast, but I do believe that it was used in the trailer because they knew that it would get attention to the case and to the podcast. And that's fine. It was great. But yeah, it's just some things should just not be said out loud and publicly. And so I think it's important that when we're talking to these people and we're sharing our stories, that what we are saying is being fact checked, even for me or for my grandma or for my grandpa. If you don't think it's true, like say something and we'll we'll make sure that it's true. But yeah. Yeah,
0: the media doesn't always help you. Yeah. You may have (laughs) realize in all the interviews that you've done
2: yes definitely definitely have learned that protect your dream home with
0: american family insurance and you can weather any storm you'll also save up to 25 percent by bundling home auto and life american family insurance get a quote find an agent at amfam.com
1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American
0: Family Life Insurance Company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Agendas. Lots of agendas out there. And I think the only agenda here is finding the killer. And that should be the only focus.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I... I think it's really important that we remember that I really appreciate people who understand that the lives of the family members are not the point of the investigation. Like you're out here advocating with us and we're out here advocating. But what happened with me in my life, like right now, is not anyone's business. Like who cares about what happened to me right now? We are here for Abby and Libby. That is our goal. Um, who cares that my dad, what my dad and mom did in the past, like, that doesn't matter. Right now, we are trying to solve a murder of two girls, and if we focus mainly on the family members and what's happening in their lives at this moment, we are kind of losing sight of what our real goal is, and so that's kind of where I stand with that right now, just because there's so many rumors of stuff that doesn't even matter anymore. Like, we aren't talking about that. We're here. Our reason is Abby and Libby, nothing else.
0: Well, I would have to say that a little bit of our conversations have gotten personal. So I, well, that's, know, I know a little bit more about you than maybe most people do, but I feel like you've been pretty open and honest. But I again, I think you probably have a wall naturally built up because of this. I think that's just normal.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's different when I am, I'm able to share emotionally what I'm feeling about my sister, and that's a different kind of personal, but I can talk about my mental health, about what happened to the girls. I can talk about how I'm feeling emotionally because of the girls and what I'm doing, but what's happening in my life is just not not what's important.
0: Like you said before about your circle of <clears throat> advocates that you've kind of gained through this, and you kind of all are supporting of one another, and you know, Sarah Turney and, you know, Michelle from the Golden State case. And I mean, I think that's, I think that's what's really impressive that you've been able to build a network of people that care about you and know what you're going through more so than just some buddy on a podcast or somebody, you know, some producer. It's just one of those
2: things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love my group of friends now. And I think people are like, well, why don't you have more, like, in real life friends? And I think that's just because, like, I'm friends with people that have gone through what I've gone through. And, like, those are the people I connect with best. And I think as much as I love my friends here, I connect better with these people that I'm meeting on Twitter and at these cons and festivals than I do any of them. Just because I can sit down and have a conversation just about how I'm feeling with somebody that knows exactly what I'm feeling. Like they've been there or they are there or they're going through it now. And so I'm building this network of people. Actually, if you've been on like there's Morph has a podcast called Murder in My Family. And it's all victims who have lost family members. And we have like a group chat of all of us. And it's just so awesome to be part of that and talk to these people and know that no matter no matter what i'm going through these people have been there and they felt it and they're feeling it and they know they know what to say or what not to say and it doesn't have to be an awkward conversation with a random friend you met at college like i have a lot of friends here but i would i would probably not be able to sit down and have that conversation with them because they they won't know what to say and it'll sit there and you'll be awkward because As much as you want to talk to them and they want to talk to you, you don't know what to say to each other. And instead, you you create this big Twitter community of people of like over 10,000 people now that want to be there for you and that care about you. And they all just want to help you get justice. And a lot of them have gone through it and they want to be there with you on your journey and you want to be there with them. And that's just really, really awesome friendship
0: yeah I think that's really amazing what you guys have been able to do and do you guys ever see yourselves as like possibly i mean you guys would be like a good live tour <laughs> like as far as victims advocates go i mean there's so many families out there with people that have that don't have people like yourself that can mm-hmm. stand stand up and talk about what their emotions are about the case or or the case and even in general as you've I'm sure you've come across. Um, but yeah, you guys would be like, like a super squad or like a superhero team of like of like we victims should, advocates.
2: We should create something like that. Like a group of like just a bunch of us that want to advocate for people like I've been through it. Yeah, we should, we should do something like that. Maybe me and Sarah can get something planned.
0: That's what I'm, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, There is something that you guys are able to do that not everybody can do. And that's like you just said about the network that you've built already is talk about that stuff and be able to understand them, understand what they're going through. If it's another victim's family or another family member that you're talking to, you can relate to that person. And I mean, that's just another way of keeping your sister's spirit alive as well I mean you you kind of it's never gone you know you, you that part of her is a part of you now
2: yeah and definitely I've definitely taken on the role of Libby in a way that like people don't understand because they don't ever see me as the person I was before Um, because if you would have met me oh about three and a half years ago I was the super shy quiet nerdy girl in high school that didn't have a lot of friends because I I hated talking to people I hated making friends so I would sit in the yearbook classroom and work on yearbook all the time like I wouldn't do anything else just because I could not make myself socially talk to people and make friends like that and there were a lot of people that liked talking to me like they were they would say they were my friends but I never had a really really close like big group of friends I had like one or two and After this all happened, I kind of became a person with a voice and now I talk to everybody I meet and I make friends and I have to force myself sometimes in college to talk to people but when I'm talking about my sister, I'm able to like share that part of me with people and I connect with people who I never thought I would have connected with before. Talking to people on the phone or like news reporters would not have happened ever in my entire life and that was definitely something that Libby would have done for me because she was such an outspoken and outgoing person. And so when she was gone, I kind of took on the role of the more outgoing person in my family, and it just became me as an advocate a year after, I guess. Not really right after, but yeah.
0: yeah it takes some time to, to probably get into that role. Yeah. yeah. advocate. But I I would say it's just, it is remarkable though, how you've like you've said, if you looked at your life three and a half years ago life life has a way of doing that. not everybody has to experience the pain and suffering that you have obviously gone through to experience a life changing moment but uh i mean you are probably i mean again, like you said you are you are now a part of libby or libby's a part of you, and like you, that aspect of her life the the gregariousness or the outgoing personality being able to talk to reporters, control the narrative. I mean, that's something that you now have like that's your, you have the power.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like you've really, you've commandeered the situation and, and again, now you're the, you're the person that, like I said, controls the narrative, controls the story and can correct certain details about the case that may not necessarily help the case Mm -hmm. and like you said before when you were talking about what was in the news last week you know past is the past it's all about finding the killer and it's just good that you're able to be able to recenter the focus of the investigation as far as what the public's view is on the case and I mean with the Thursday's anniversary coming up. I'm assuming I'll see you all over the national news.
2: (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be. I know we're going to be on HLN um, a couple times this week and lots of podcasts out this week. Lots of them. Um, Yeah. There's just, there's so much I've been doing so much. My family has been doing so much. Anna's been doing so much um, just to keep the word out there. I know Thursday we have the food drive for the girls. Um, that we we started doing last year, just because we don't want to have a big vigil for them. That's just a lot for us. But we do this in our community so that people can give back to the community, like the girls would have done, and share their story with each other and uh, light a candle and say a prayer. Um, so nothing really big, but it's a day just to remember them and know that their light is still shining and it will never stop.
0: Well, that is very that's a very nice thing to do. Where's the uh where you guys hold the uh the food drive?
2: The food drive will be at the Methodist Church which is my family's home church. So it's it's like where Libby went to church at. Um it's where most of the kids in our community go. So yeah, we what, love it there.
0: What's your relationship with Abby's family? Do you do any advocacy with them at all or
2: Yeah, absolutely. We love them. They're We kind of got stuck with each other, but we love each other and we're always there for each other. Um, We definitely, we do all our interviews together. We try to, um, how did they put it? Kind of tag team, I guess. Divide and conquer, that's what we say. Um, So if we're doing something and something else needs to happen at the exact same time, Anna's family will do it. Or if we're talking about the ballpark, um, we've worked very closely with them. We all work really closely together, and if something needs to be done, we all make sure we're together to get it done. So we work together separately we're all going for the same goal, and we help each other as much as we can along the way. They're really great we We love them for sure.
0: well, that's good. You guys have a good relationship with them, and you guys work together, and you guys are obviously you know after the same goal. Has there been any updates as far as anything in the investigation?
2: Not that has been released to us. I don't know. They don't tell us things unless it's something really important. Uh, wish I wish we knew more sometimes. But also, I am really glad that I don't know more just because I talk to a lot of people. And there are some very pushy reporters. And if you push somebody hard enough, they might say something that like they really probably shouldn't have said out loud or like they really they weren't supposed to say in an interview so that's why we don't know anything just just in case just so we don't ruin the investigation by saying something we don't want to say but that doesn't mean that there's nothing new happening I guess they said there's nothing new so not doing a press release but there's not. that doesn't mean that there's not a bunch of important stuff happening in the investigation either.
0: Right. There's just nothing that's of sustenance that they're going to come out and state, you know, because they got to, like you said before, in many of our conversations about keeping things close to the vest. And I think that's important. I mean, you got to keep things close to the vest, especially in this case. Sometimes I guess it's frustrating to the armchair detectives who want to be out there trying to solve the case themselves. But the police know more than anybody. And I think once you have them involved, I think the armchair detectives need to kind of take a back seat until, because they can just cause more trouble than, and I'm sure you've run into that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Armchair detectives are, in the beginning, we were were very grateful for them because we thought that these groups were going to help us get this case solved. And then after, I don't know, after a very short while, we realized that these groups were out for blood, really. Like, they are so ruthless and they don't really care who they hurt in their path. There are really, there are a lot of great people out there that want to help us, but there are also a handful of people that are not great. And uh, if we could just get rid of the ones that are not great and keep the ones that really want to help us, that would be really awesome. And they would be really ex- extraordinarily helpful. But.
0: Sifting, sifting through the the garbage out there. I'm sure it's it's kind of like trying to find a needle in a haystack to a degree.
2: Yeah, and I I guess really, there's not that many people that aren't bad. Like there's there's some really good ones, and if we, it's just when we look at what these people are saying, we notice more of the people that are hurtful and hateful towards the families or the girls or whoever then we notice the people that are sending us well wishes and support and that's just because when you're looking at a stack of apples you see the really bad one sitting on top not all of the good ones that are hanging out right below it so unfortunately you just have to get past the bad apples and just hope that all the good ones overcome all the bad ones
0: isn't that such a true statement in all of (laughs) life (laughs) I mean that is that sums up uh almost just, uh, yeah, everything that you kind of go through as a, as a person. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to learn, you know, it's the old AA thing about, you know, learn what you can control and uh, accept what you can't. I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm going to cut that right. all out. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think once you kind of realize you are the person that tells the story, don't let these other people tell the story for you. I think that's, where your power comes in and you have the right, like you mentioned earlier, and I don't know if we said it off the record or on the record, but about being able to cancel an interview because you've got too much schoolwork or you've got something going on or you have to do something for your sister in another way, not a media interview. Mm -hmm. You know, those are things that you are empowered to do because you are who you are. And I think you've only gained more power as You've gotten more comfortable with it and your position at yes. least in my and at least in my from my perspective.
2: I definitely think I've become more comfortable being this person. It's just taken a lot of time to get there like I think in the beginning when I first started advocating, I thought that I had to do absolutely everything I could in such a short amount of time and that that was really crazy of me to think like I did not have to overdo myself like I did in so many ways but now that I have been doing it for so long like the last two years have been amazing I I could not imagine not advocating for my sister just because of all the people that I've met and all the amazing opportunities that I've had and yeah I'm I love that I'm able to do this and feel comfortable doing it because I I think that using it as an outlet to help others has helped me grow in a lot of ways. And I'm really enjoying the person I'm growing into because of it.
0: I think that's very true. I think you, I mean, even from last year, seeing your presentation at CrimeCon, to talking to you, the amount of times I've talked to you uh, this year, it's, uh, yeah, you definitely seem to be very, very much more comfortable within your skin and uh, just being able to put it out there. But again, it's all about, finding justice for your sister. It's not about you and it's not about what happens, happened before or happened in your life. It's about Abby and Libby. And, and I think that you do a good job of making sure everybody remembers
2: that. Yeah, I hope so. And I think that's something that I will continue to say um, because there are people that, I don't know, they just think that, that we're doing this for us and that we're sharing the story to for our own personal gain. But I don't understand how somebody could well I I do. I do know one person that might be doing that, but outside of that person in my family, um I think that I there's no way that I could continue to share this story and get emotional every time and be so emotionally drained that like I can't even function some days and continue to do that just because I'm getting something out of it. Like like I, I don't think that that is a way to live life. Like, like if I just wanted to, to do something for my own personal gain, I would not continue to share the story. This would not be it. This would not be my thing to gain from. I gain friends. I gain love. I gain support. But there's nothing. There's nothing else I gain from it. And other than the satisfaction that I'm going to solve my sister's case, and uh, as long as. I'm sharing their story. I guess I can take pretty much whatever life throws at me at the same time. But we'll we'll just keep pushing and ignoring all the bad people and sharing their story until, until it's over.
0: What's the number one misconception about this case you think the public has?
2: <sighs> number one misconception. Well, I think there's a really big one that the families are like they're. we're getting a lot of donations like a ton of donations and they're thinking that we keep those for ourselves but we definitely don't we are building a memorial park to remember the girls and so many other people and that's where most of it goes the rest of it goes to abby and libby scholarship funds and um helping us to buy shirts and buy flyers and that kind of thing and that's the most hurtful I think that they would think we're so selfish like that. But yeah, other than that, I don't, I don't know. Are there, are there other misconceptions that I am not like hearing?
0: No, I just was wondering if there was anything that you had heard that, you know, that you wanted to clear up and you know, this is again your opportunity to do it basically and say exactly how you, how you perceive things to be and set the record straight.
2: Yeah. I think there are so many, so many things out there. So many rumors. There are just so many people that are out there creating rumors about the case, or about us, or about the girls. And I think that that is so, so crazy. And I even made a YouTube video to debunk it at one point, just because there, there are so many, so many crazy rumors that people make up that I could never, ever imagine being true in a million years. And so I just continue to share the facts. And I think as long as I'm telling the truth and being me and making sure people know what's really happening, that we will end up catching the sky by that, by just simply being ourselves and telling people what really happened or what we know happened or what we what our past was like where we'll we we will be we'll be pretty honest about it but it's just that such it doesn't matter like I don't care that my dad did drugs right now like I at that point I probably did but right now my life is centered around my sister and not my dad or my mom or whoever and yeah it's just it's so crazy that these people come up with the things they do I think like, I don't have time for that. How do people have time to sit at a computer? I just, I don't understand how people have time for it. Like, I feel like I'm such a busy person and I'm, I feel like I'm not doing enough, but these people literally will sit behind their screen with Facebook open and make up random stories about people. And I, I don't know. It's just crazy.
0: It's this crazy world that we live in at the moment.
2: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah.
0: Well, I think you have to get to class again.
2: I definitely do.
0: Is there a final word that you want to say about your sister?
2: I don't think so. We talked about a lot. I don't really remember what all we talked about. But Libby was really great. And um, I'm super, super thankful for everyone listening. Because every set of ears that's listening is amazing. And they're going to help us catch this guy. And in the end, you're going to be able to say you were part of finding justice for Abby and Libby.
0: Well, that is awesome again thank you so much for your time and I really appreciate it
2: yeah thank you for having me it was great great chatting with you all like two hundred times
0: absolutely <laughs> no problem but uh, but I do I really enjoy talking with you and I think you you inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing and that's just keeping stories like your sister's and Sarah's sister's. And uh, I mean, I, I, again, I've like just changed my whole focus to being an unsolved, you know, advocate type of things and cases that are old that need to be solved before people die. And I don't know, I just, I've enjoyed talking with you. And it's, it's awesome. Hey, you too. Yeah. So it's okay to hit you up if I need to, before I yeah. put everything together or start putting it together.
2: Absolutely. Just let me know. I'll be, um, I'll be as available as I can.
0: Of course, you know, you're wicked busy. So all I can say is uh, you're awesome. Hang in there. Be mindful. Have a fabulous Galantine's weekend. When you need that laugh at the end of the day.
2: Watch Parks and Rec.
0: Watch Parks and Rec. <laughs> all right, will, I'll remember that. You will, trust me, you will not. Trust me, you'll love it.
2: <laughs> all all right. right, go to school. <laughs> all right, talk to you later.
0: All right, be safe. Yep. Bye. Thanks. Take care. Thank you so much again to Kelsey German for her time and her candor about this case. I know it's very hard to discuss, especially with it being her best friend and her little sister. She really is a strong advocate and obviously a very strong person. And again, thanks to everyone who has listened and has helped build this show's audience and helped keep. Libby's case as well as Abby's case in the spotlight. It does go a long way when you get retweets and uh, likes on social media. It does keep the word out there. So if you guys have any information regarding Libby and Abby's case, you are encouraged to email them at abbyandlibbytip at c-a-c-o-s-h-r-f dot com or they can be reached on the tip line which is 844- 459-5786. The Indiana State Police also could be reached at 1-800-382-7537 or the Carroll County Sheriff 765-564-2413. We all hope that one day this murder will be brought to justice. And again, with a $250,000 reward, you would think somebody would have some incentive to turn this person in. And again... The officers involved in the investigation believe this person is local. So that means, as Kelsey has said, somebody must know something. So $250,000 is there for you if you are able to turn in this killer. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, as well as some of my other shows, you can help support my podcast by clicking on the Donate button on the left-hand side of SlowBurnMedia.com. That is slow minus the W. Or you can contribute via PayPal with my email, billhuffman123 at yahoo.com, or via the Venmo app with my username at bill-huffman-3. And really, every contribution, no matter how big or small, does help keep these podcasts running, especially in this day and age of, you know, COVID and pretty much everybody staying at home. So... If you guys want to help support the show in another way, you can leave a five-star review wherever you listen to your shows. And again, I do drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday at midnight. And if you have any information regarding any other cases that I've covered that are unsolved, you can reach the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI or submit a tip anonymously via Crime Stoppers. And if you want to stay up to date on the cases that I've covered and the new shows that are coming down the pipeline, you can follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. So you guys, thanks so much again for listening. Until next time, please be healthy and stay safe.